When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. IFL TV is now sponsored by the Wall Street Memes Casino. Sign up today for the ultimate betting experience. Deposit $10 to get a $20 free bet when using code IFLTV. Welcome to another episode of Talk Smart with Pugh and McCart. That's Joe Pugh. I'm Andrew McCart. Episode 28 of doing this. Um, Mr. Joe Pugh, how, did you stay up for the fight last night? The, yes, I did, mate. I, I did. Big, big unification fight. Um, all three of the four belts on the line. And RBF, better BF does what our better BF does best, doesn't he? Oh, he seeks and destroys. I think seek and destroy is probably the best way to describe that man, Joe, to be honest. He is an absolute monster. And again, when I was watching the fight, then I watched the highlights back on YouTube. And I'm like, I mean, he does, he does the... He does the things. He does the subtle things good, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? He just say, he just pops the jab out. He, he measures you with the jab, slight little jab, and then he doesn't load up on his punches. It just he just he doesn't waste shots. He just throws a a flurry of shots, and I think that every shot just just must hurt. I just think that the way he produces the power, it might just be a natural talent that he's got that he can just he just carries power in both hands, and he doesn't need to put much effort into it. It's, it's just a scary. Scary man, and we all thought. I think you probably as well, Joe. I'm 41 years old, so I when I, I still spar with the kids in the gym, and I know I'm old in there, right? And we're all thinking that maybe maybe this is the right time for people to get to to better be because of his age and father time is undefeated, as they say. But um, he seems to be knocking out father time as well. Yeah, I think we said. I think it was last week that you're kind of at a stage of his career now where. You're kind of waiting to see when it is because usually, as we see maybe with Wilder at the end of last year, father time does catch up with you. It could just be one fight. You could get old overnight. So I think a lot of people were holding on to that thought that he may have got old in the year because it has been a year since he last was in the ring Mm -hmm. against Anthony Yard. And Anthony Yard 
done a, a good job against him. He um he put in a really good performance against Betterbeev, and we see how tough that would have been for him in his performance last night. But he's just shown that he's still got it. I can't see him losing it anytime soon. It has to has to set up this Dimitri Bivol fight. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And looking at the the fight last night, I, I don't think that um, better be ever slowed. People, I've I seen a couple of comments that maybe his feet have, have slowed, but again, I don't think he's ever had amazing footwork. No. You know what I mean, I don't mm. think he's ever had that sort of showing you different angles. All he does is the, the fundamentals right. He measures you with the jab. If he knows that jab's landed, he'll come in with a right hand. And then once you're against them ropes, he won't let you, he won't let you off them. And he just throws short, 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 shots. And the way that, again, I, I don't know if I can name a fight, Joe. I don't know if you can. Has he ever knocked anyone out with one punch, concussive, one shot? Although most of his knockouts, I'd imagine, have been yeah. the flurry. Accumulative. Accumulative punches. And again, he just does everything right. And he doesn't really waste his shots. Um, and Cam Smith, is, is he landed some good shots. He landed a good uppercut in the fourth round, I think it was. And yeah. a couple of good left hooks. Um, he's got a chin as well, Arthur Bertabiev. Now, if you're looking at the Bivol fight, what does Bivol, what has Bivol got that can make him be the first person to beat Arthur Bertabiev? And I think the way you've seen Anthony Yard, you mentioned Anthony Yard there, Joe, right? Anthony Yard's got good little angles, do you know what I mean? And he does shift yep. his feet, so he won't let you get him back on the ropes because he will shift his feet and move around. And I think that Bertabiev's footwork is, is, is key in this fight, the way Bert Bieb jumps in, jumps out, in and out. And I think that's probably probably the key to that. Well, I don't know how you see it, mate. Yeah, I think, first of all, there was a big thing made about it last night. The, the ring was only 18 foot. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure Dimitri Bivol will not want it as small as that. I think he'll probably want it as big as possible because Dimitri Bivol's going to want to use his supreme ring IQ. He's going to mm-hmm. want to box. He's going to want to find them angles, like you said. But it's a case whether he he can be stalked down by Artabiev. And I just think so far he's done it to all 20 of his opponents and found a stoppage. Mm. So I think with Bivol Betterbiev, he's so fascinating. And as you say, it has to happen because last night before the main event, they flashed up the um, top 10 or top 15 fighters. I don't know, in the, in the light heavyweight division, I don't know. What it wasn't a governing body. I don't know who decided this top fifteen. It might have been Ring or it might have been Boxrec. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's rare that you see two standout fighters that, for me, proven and kind of back catalogued are head and shoulders above the rest. Mm-hmm. There's just two clear people there. Well, when you go down, you look at like the Boatsies, the Azizes who are fighting themselves. Great fighters, but they haven't got to that level yet. There's two fighters in their primes and. Proved it last night that better be if he's still in his prime, and they've got a fight right now. And it will be the undis. I know it's undisputed, but no one can even dispute that is the crown. That is the top, the best of the best of the light heavyweight division. Definitely. And when you look right now, you, them rankings that you're talking about, who else is there for Bevel? Who else is there for better be if but each other? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. That, they're beating everyone. They're, they're beating, beating everyone. everyone. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, look at the resume. You mentioned the resume, right? Better be if just. Beat Cam Smith there, who's good. Anthony Yard, um, he's beat Marcus Brown, so he's beat everyone in this this division. And then you go down to Bevel, he's just beat Lyndon Arthur, he's beat Canelo, beat um, the big Ramirez. Do you know what I mean? So he's yeah. 
again, there's nobody left in his lightweight heavyweight division but the two of them to face each other. And I think it makes it makes it obviously clearly makes sense, man. And the way the Saudis are talking, you've seen the face off uh, during Fury and Ganu fight week back in October. Um and it seems like they want it. They want to have that fight. Now you mentioned the ring size. Will they try and squeeze that fight in for March eighth on the undercard of Fury, uh, Joshua and Ganu? Do you think that is that too soon? I think that's only eight weeks away, is it? Yeah, I think although what better be approved last night, I think he'll still need to take time for his body to recover. Probably a, a longer recovery period. I think Eddie said that they're looking for May or I'm assuming it'll be after Ramadan now. But yeah, to kick off the next Riyadh season with that big undisputed fight. And I think right now, 2024, I think we need to put emphasis on the undisputed. I like the fact that we're, we're starting to see a lot more undisputed fighters in the division now. Because we, I think having yeah. four world champions is great and you can call yourself a world champion, but are you the number one in the division? Let's, the, the only way to find out is if you unify and then go on to become undisputed in that division as well. And um, Arthur Bertabiev, imagine him up at cruiserweight. Is he too small for cruiserweight? Is he one of them guys that, when he fights like a guy like a, a the guys in that six foot two, six foot three realm, is is that is the size? Is this another case? Does size matter? Um, every good big guy beats a good little guy. All that nonsense. But I know Dimitri Bill spoke about going up to under, uh, up to undisputed, up to cruiserweight. Um, and I'm, I'd, I'd I'd like to think maybe Arthur Bertabiev will probably do the same if he becomes undisputed, vacate all them belts and then move up. Because um, he's only had 20 fights and he stopped every yeah. single opponent. I don't think he's had many miles on the clock. I think the hardest fight he's probably had in terms of damage was the Marcus Brown fight when he had that big nasty cut down his forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's... I don't know. I, I want to see the Dimitri... I'm a massive fan of Dimitri Bivol. I just think the way he boxes, you didn't see his pad work, but his, his feet work. I think that's the key. I don't think he'll put a dent in Arthur Bertabiev, to be honest. No. I honestly don't think whatever he does, I think this, for Bibble, it's it'll go 12 rounds. Mm. For Bertabiev, if he, if he lands and he manages to, to get you up against them ropes, then that's a place you really don't want to be. He's relentless. When, when he's got you on the ropes... He'll even let you come off the ropes to lead you into a full sense of security, which he done a couple of times towards the end of the fight last night. And then he'll wait for the opponent to throw and then he'll just add another flurry back onto the ropes. Mm. It's just so brutal. And I think um, well done, Buddy McGurk, for uh, stepping on that ring apron and um, making sure that fight was not going to continue because it was only going one way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think fair play to Callum, man. He, he got up as well. Do you know what I mean? He was ready to go. Um, but like you say, Buddy McGurk's there for a reason, not just to only train his fight and get him ready to fight, but his safety as well when he does fight. And um, fair play to him. But where does Cam Smith go, Joe? Would you like to see him crack on? Because like I said to you, these belts will become fragmented, I believe, like like what normally happens, because I'm sure these fighters don't want to start fulfilling mandatories after they become undisputed. Uh, and nine times out of ten, we've seen fighters that do become undisputed. Nine times out of ten, we've seen fighters that do become undisputed. They do move up into the new a new weight class and try and uh, become a two-time or two-weight world champion in a different weight class. So I'd imagine that after the bevel, unless the rematch clause that is, but again, the mandatories, I'm sure they don't want to fulfill them. So does Cam Smith, does he take some time off? Because we saw I saw the post-fight interview. Um, he's, he's got to reassess, but I think he can become a two, two-time, two-weight world champion. It's just a matter of 
waiting. And then you mentioned Anthony Yard, but look, look at the heavyweights there, the light heavyweights that we have in the UK, mm. Uwatsi, Dan Aziz, um, Anthony Yard. You know what I mean? We've got some great, great light heavyweights in, in the UK alone. So we could get a world title fight in the UK at light heavyweight, which would be a huge fight for Cam Smith against in a domestic fight. Yeah, look, take time, reassess, because he has already won everything you can win in boxing. From an English to a ring magazine title, um, he's done it all. So he can step away from the sport with his head held high, knowing that he has fought the best of the best and attempted greatness, as we saw last night. And when he stepped in on relatively short notice against Canelo a few years mm. back. But I think he could take a leaf out of his brother Liam's book. Liam has kind of moved past the world title stage. He, he's already been a world champion. That box has already been ticked. So he can kind of look for whatever fights suit him, the big domestic fights, and just do it to enjoy it now. Because you are, you haven't got... You're not like a George Groves who was chasing that world title on the fourth attempt. Mm-hmm. He can relax. He can do what he wants to do. And just let... If a big fight falls for him, a big fight falls for him. But I'm sure if he's still got the hunger and if he's still got the appetite, once those belts fragment, and they will fragment at some point, then I'm sure he can work himself into... A, into a mandatory situation once again. But that being said, take time, but not too much time because it's, it was a long time since he's been in the ring. 18 and months. The, is it? Is it 18 to... months. I know the fight was meant to happen at the back end of last year. It got postponed. But even if it had happened then, it's still a very long time to be out of the ring. Mm-hmm. So was there a case? That, could you argue for a case of ring rust there? You don't know. But mm-hmm. could better be as that good. But, Start getting a bit active, start enjoying your boxing again and see see what happens. But as he said last night, he's going to take some time and we'll see if he comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, next week we have the Boxer Show. Boxer have their first show of the year in Tasha Jonas and Michaela Meyer. Um, good little fight. You know what I mean? Michaela Meyer, she's been on these shows a good few times now and um, she's, she's obviously made the UK a home. Really, because she's fought yep. here a good few times. So, I mean, although it's a home advantage for Tasha Jonas, I'm sure it won't feel like that. I'm sure Michaela's made a good few fans over here with her last few performances. So, yeah, you looking forward to next week? Yeah, mate. There's some there's some tasty little fights on that card. Um, obviously, big world title fight with Michaela Mayer and Natasha Jonas. And I saw a promo last night, and Michaela Mayer's taking this as her opportunity to get back to the top, back to where she was mm-hmm. before the Baumgardner fight, because I think before the Baumgardner fight, which was incredibly close, Michaela Mike was seen as a pound-for-pound star, like one of the one of the biggest female fighters, and it seemed to have not tailed off, but just taken a few fights to come back, as we said, reassessed, and this is her chance to grab one of those world titles, a few weights or weight divisions higher, like Natasha Jonas did 18 months ago, and to really assert herself on this female stage, and as you say, she's been over to these shores a good few times now, so It'll be, it'll be very interesting, should we say, because I think there's a quite a big age difference. There's quite a big experience difference. And, I, I, yeah, it's a proper 50-50. Mm, definitely. And Jack Cullen defending his British title against Zach Shelley at Super Middleweight, but then Mark Jeffers defending his English title at uh, Super Middleweight as well against Jermaine Brown. Now, obviously, I'm sure the winner of these two fights will face each other, one being the English champion, one being the British champion. I'm sure that's they'll... Sky and Box will try and make that fight, whether it be Jack Cullen against Mark Jeffers if them two win, or Zach Chile against Jermaine Brown if they win, or Zach Chile and 
uh, Mark Jeffers, whoever. Right. I think that's, that's uh, the, whoever wins these next these two fights on Saturday, next Saturday. Um, I think they've got a fight lined up against the winner of the fight below them in the English title with Mark Jeffers. Um, you've also got big Jack Massey. I think he's hanging about heavyweight. I think um, as well on the card. You've got Anna is he? I think so. I think he's hanging about. Um, he said to me when he fought Joseph Parker that he liked being up at heavyweight. So. Yep. I don't know if that's because it's the money division right now and you probably want a slice of that pie. Um, if I was big enough and weighed 18 stone, I'm pretty sure I'll have a piece of that pie, even though I, I probably couldn't <laughs> box up it that way anyway. But the, it seems to be... You know, Saudi, they love heavyweights, it seems. Mm. You, know, like, you just need to go on the, the next two shows and next month, which you're going to in uh, Fury Usyk, the Undisputed up at heavyweight. Yep. And obviously the one in March in uh, Joshua Ngannou. They love the heavyweight. Do you know what I mean? You're almost guaranteed a knockout with the heavyweights, and that's why it's a fan-friendly division, and that's why we love them. So it's a good little card next week, but listen, like I mentioned, slightly mentioned there, there's a big fight happening in March out in Riyadh in Joshua and in Ghanu. Now, there's a press conference on tomorrow? Monday, yeah, I'll be tomorrow. there. Yeah, out yeah. Building. Yep. You excited, mate? I mean, you've got two huge monsters going head-to-head for the first time. I mean, just, just how excited are you for this fight, Joe? I know you, you love these crossover fights and stuff like that. So you you must be buzzing when you see two guys at the size that they are that have knockout power. This must excite you, young man. Yeah, definitely. And what, no matter what sport you're in, um, I think when you're, as you say, a giant of the sport, and I'm not even talking about size at this time, there's an aura that comes about them. Mm-hmm. And certainly, I'm not a UFC fan. I don't watch UFC. Obviously, I knew Francis Ngannou was before the Tyson Fury fight. But when I was around him for the uh, London press conference for that, you felt the aura around him. You felt like this guy is a supreme athlete. This guy is the best at what he does. And he's attempting greatness at something else. Something that he clearly loves and clearly put a lot of effort in after the Fury fight. So, yeah, looking forward to that one. Tomorrow should be a good so Yeah, keep out an eye out for all the content behind Anthony Joshua and Francis Ngannou for March. And mm-hmm. it's a Friday, I believe, the actual fight. Eight, the eighth, yeah, that's a Friday. Maybe. Friday the eighth. Bit different. Definitely a bit different. But uh, yeah, the Riyadh season has been fun. To, to be yeah. honest, it has, has has been a fun sort of with the two events that they've already had and the two events they're, they're going to be having. Uh, it just makes me excited to see what's going to happen next October when it starts again uh, for the start of the new Riyad season in October. What fights they? You, we've already mentioned that Bert Biev and, and Bevel, but for you, Joe, what would you like to see in this next Riyad season? It seems like this. This it seems like any fight could be made when it comes to Riyad season. Any fight in the whole entire world could be made. Um, so if you could pick one fight in your in your head right now that you would like to see, what what, what would it be? Well, I think the obvious answer's got to be the winner of if Fury beats Usyk, you stick mm. AJ. But then it's bittersweet, isn't it? Because you would always want that in the UK. But I think we're kind of past that now. Mm. Um, I'm first of all, I'm excited to see who's going to be on the undercard of Fury Usyk because I haven't really heard any whispers. Hearing of Tyre might be on that card. Has, yeah, I, I think, think Joe right, Cordina. Yeah. I saw rumours that he could be on the card against Anthony. Okay, return. Is it a Sergei Kovalev return? Okay, very interesting. So I'm interested to see that because they can't stay in that heavyweight division because at the speed they're churning out shows, it's just not really possible mm-hmm. for these heavyweights to have fights every two months at the level they're, they're at. So 
they've got to kind of delve in to the lower weight divisions. And I also think it would be good to have a really, really high-class, world-class women's fight on there. Mm. Um, just to show they have had female fights on the, in Saudi before. I think Ramla Ali was the first one to do it mm-hmm. on the AJ Usyk 2 card. So I would, yeah, I'd really like to see a big female world title fight, just as a little symbol as to say, look, we're progressing, we have our views, and uh, but we're, we're, we're making time for the women's game. Definitely. And I know what you mean by the, the undercard of, of Fury Usyk, man. It's like, what, we three weeks out, maybe? And normally you go on box rec and you, you, you look at box rec and you can see, oh, right, yeah. there's the undercard there. Like, you still go on box rec and there's no undercard on it. It's just the main event. So it's it's like, who's who, who's on it? And I, I don't know, Joe Cardino on it, that, that would be... Um, that would be good if Joe can get on it. I think they do need to maybe delve into the into the, the lighter weight classes. I think maybe a Josh Taylor Jack Cattle rematch out there would probably make sense uh, right now with the money that they're, they're wanting and stuff like that. So I think that maybe get a couple more of the American guys out there. Why not Canelo? I don't know where he sits. Would you see Canelo in Riyadh at one point? Um, yeah, it's 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 going to be a fun time. But like I say, we've got two two huge shows coming up out in Riyadh. We've got a Misfits next week. We've got a boxer show next week. And then we do have a couple of shows in February in terms of Warren and Eddie Hearn's Next Gen, I believe. What's his East as well? So we'll have a couple more things to talk about come February. But it's like I say, January is one of them months where it's always quite a quiet little month before we kickstart. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's coming back from Christmas and, 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 and whatnot. So, yeah, until next week. Um, listen, if you need help with that presser tomorrow, let me know. I'll, I'll will do, mate. I'll be hanging about. But like I said, Joe, like hopefully we've got more to talk about next week with the two shows that we're at, and obviously maybe we'll talk about the press conference uh, that you're at on Monday in Joshua and Ghana. But until then, Joe, as always, good seeing you, big man, and uh, I'll catch you next week. Yep, yeah, I'll catch you next week, mate. I'll see you soon. Thank you, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.